I'm Darren Steele, and this is Think Queerly. And on the show, I help human-hearted creatives cultivate acceptance, connection, and tranquility to experience more freedom, impact, and joy in life. Well, in today's episode, I want to talk about why I do what I do and what I practice. So I'm going to actually circle back to the way in which I opened up the show, because I want to talk about my approach to coaching and messaging, and I'm going to explain what I mean by messaging, and how that's connected with the thought leadership and the human-heartedness philosophy that I've been researching and developing and sharing with you over the last number of months here on the podcast and in my writing. So when I say messaging, I tend to use that as my word to, to refer to anything that I put out there, be it an article or be it a podcast. And for me, I see those things as a message. As I've evolved over time in how I think about what I'm doing and what it is I want to say, I want my work to be more of a message. I want my work to be much more of a dialectic, meaning it's really easy to write or say something and say, this is what you need to do. Here are the seven steps to do this. Here's this template. Here's this rigid system that you can follow for any aspect of life, whether it be how to put together a bicycle or how to transform your life in the next six months to accomplish all the dreams and goals you've ever had. But life doesn't work that way. It's far more complicated. There's there's very few things that are kind of finite in their own way, like how to fix a bike, for example, of which there could be complications, right? But something like a bike is very fixed. A human being, a life, is far more complex. And we come with a lot of history. We come with a lot of issues. We come with a lot of different baggage. So messaging for me is, what's the message? What's the message you received? Did you hear or read what I said um, without taking any offense, without feeling like I was speaking over your head? Did you understand what I had to say? So for me, sharing my message means that it's received. Now, it doesn't mean you have to agree with it or, or like it, but it means you've at least hopefully understood what I wanted to say. And I see that as essential and so important right now because it's very easy to be polarizing and divisive and act like a bully, especially online, and say, you're wrong and I'm right and and not even try to engage. Well, messaging, for me at its core, is about cultivating acceptance and connection and helping all of us experience more freedom and joy in our life. When we connect across a message, we can have a greater understanding of not only the meaning that's there to be imparted, but how we can all work together. So to make a distinction, you know, if this is your first time listening to show Wonderful Welcome, And if you've been a listener for quite some time, you'll have heard how I've 
developed and and transitioned from different things and spoken about much more uh, LGBTQ advocacy or rights and freedoms and social justice and speaking out against injustices. Those are still very important to me. But I'm taking this much broader approach that's really been informed over this last seven months of diving headfirst into researching and studying and, and contemplating seven or eight uh, translations and commentaries and other philosophical articles and books about the book The Tao Te Ching. And I realize I need to make a distinction for you, my listener. And here's what it is. And this is why I'm, I'm speaking literally from what you could read on my homepage of my website, darrensteel.com, because I want to, going forward, offer you more messaging around how to live your best life, how to live out the best of you, how to experience more freedom and impact and joy in life. And I think I think I know that comes much more from my coaching modalities. And I work as, call it a life coach or a personal leadership coach. And it isn't about the coaching modalities. That's something that other coaches talk with other coaches about. You don't care about that. You care about what can I take from this episode today or what can I take from this article that'll make me feel happier, that'll make me feel more connected, more accepted, more self-accepting, more love, more freedom, or something I can do today to take action on that will allow me to have more impact in the world or create the life that I really want. Now that, from me, can come from what I'm learning about in the Tao Te Ching, but I think the distinction is that I'm going to do more writing, longer form writing about that and and publish it on my website or on various publications on medium but for you i really want to spend more time focusing on personal development personal liberation transformation more freedom more impact and joy in life on this podcast and how does that happen well that's through the self mastery of both our mind and emotions. And this is something that I love about neuroscience. It really helps us to understand, even though this is what we know now from neuroscience, like the research up to date, it really helps us sort of frame and go deeper understanding what we thought maybe we had control over and maybe we don't. Or recognizing that so much of what we do is behavioral. Uh, To make fun of ourselves as human beings, think of monkeys. Think of all the funny things monkey do. Monkey do? Monkey see monkey? Think of all the funny things that you've seen a monkey do in some sort of a comedy program. Well, animals seem to exhibit much more inborn behavior. And as human beings, because we have a prefrontal cortex, we can think logically, we can think about our goals, we can have a discussion, we can plan out how we're going to do things. We tend to look at the lesser beings, animals, and think, oh, you know, stupid animals. Well, we are just as much a part of animals and reptiles. Or rather, we we have come from over hundreds of thousands of years of evolution. We have those parts 
of of those animals and reptiles in in who we are and things that we do and our brain is the most complex supercomputer on the world and it's organic meaning it 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 grows and develops over you know a 20 25 year period from from baby to you know early 20s until it's sort of taken its um grown to its biggest size and biggest development and then after that it's just the development of all these kind of thread-like connections called synapses as we learn and develop and make more connections more more neuro associations what we know um how we can associate this bit of information with another bit of information how around the brain stem something called the basal ganglia is literally our operating system so if you let's say you brush your teeth but you don't floss and your dentist tells you listen if you don't start flossing your teeth you're going to need gum surgery and it's going to cost fifteen hundred dollars and it's really painful and you're like okay fine I finally had the thing I needed to hear to start flossing my teeth and maybe you read something about tiny habits just um put the floss out on the counter so that every time you brush your teeth, you'll see the floss and you're like, oh yes, right now I have to floss. However you implement the new habit, let's just say after about a month, you're like, yes, I floss. Now I've lost 95% of the time and my teeth are better. My gums are better. My dentist, I went back and they're like, yeah, this is better. Well, that habit is stored in the basal ganglia and the way that part of your brain works, it says, hmm, I see you're doing something new today. First time flossing. Fine. Who cares? You do it again and you do it again. And then five, six days later, the basal ganglia is like, there's this pattern going on. So all these different muscles in the hand and in the arms and in the mouth are all coming together to be able to take this piece of string and put it inside the mouth and insert it between a tooth. And then eventually it becomes a pattern where you don't think about, oh, should I or shouldn't I floss today? You pick up the toothbrush and it whether it's flossing first or, or toothbrushing after, it doesn't matter. However you've programmed it, it just becomes a routine. And then all of the movements, how you get that floss into your mouth and how you go from the different quadrants, those are all patterns in the operating system of the basal ganglia. A more complex pattern could be the routine of me committing to doing a podcast every single week and all the different things that I have to do to make this podcast happen. So if I come up to the end of the week and I haven't done a podcast, my basal ganglia, my operating system is like, ding, 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 you haven't done this. Now, that may have seemed like a really long story, but that's one of the most potent and important aspects I think for a coach in working with someone or looking at how we can change and how we can change when we're choosing to change is, is us trying to change a part of our identity. We're trying to transform in the sense of improving, creating improvement in our life. So if you haven't got something that you want and you want to go from point A to point B, whether it be a monetary goal, whether it be publishing, writing a book and publishing it, whether it be uh, finishing your university education, there are steps that you have to take. But if you find yourself struggling and maybe you're sabotaging in some way, you're like, why is this happening? That's probably happening in some of these deeper operating system parts of the brain. And when we use this metaphor of seeing our brain as something like a computer, 
the relationship with coach and coachee, or even in me doing a podcast like this or writing an article about strategies and ways in which you can change and improve your life, we're seeking to make these changes at the level of our operating system. So just very recently, I use all Apple products. Apple just did their annual upgrade for their you know operating system for the Mac. Brand new system. Well, this is exactly what we're doing with our brain. So you open up the new system, you're like, oh, look at the new icons. They're so great. And I get to do all these great new things. And you feel this sense of wonder and improvement and, and brightness in the sense of this is new. Have you felt that way when you've experienced a positive change, something that you wanted to accomplish in your own life? Now, attached to that is how we feel about ourselves. And I said self-mastery of your mind and emotions, and I just gave you a very long explanation of self-mastery of the mind. So when something is blocking us, it could be an old bit of software and pattern, and we have to, we have to maybe dig into that, or we have to give it a better pattern, or we have to practice that better pattern until that becomes part of our new software. The other one is our emotions. And I've spoken in an episode some time ago about the AIR process, A-I-R, attention, intention, and repetition, when we want to make improvements, when we want to create a new habit. So attention means you're paying attention to the thing you want to change, the thing you want to approve, or you're putting your attention on this new habit that you want to do how many ever times a day or every single day. The intention is, is the emotional connection and understanding of why that's meaningful to you. You are getting a clear definition about why it's important for you to practice this habit to reinforce this new software at the level of the basal ganglia in your brain. Now, if you're just thinking, ah, you know, I'll do this thing, I'll try this habit, you know as well as I do, it will not happen. But if you feel not so much the urgency in the sense of a time pressure, but the importance of what it really means to you, how much better you're going to feel if you start sort of imagining and experiencing and creating those feelings for yourself of this is how I feel having accomplished this thing. Then you can really connect with why you want to do that. And then the repetition is simply that doing that practice, that habit, that routine over and over again, to whatever degree, whether it be just a small bit practiced again and again, until you can do more of it. But as the Tao teaching says, the journey of a 1000 miles starts with where you stand. You have to make a choice right here and right now about how you're willing to act to get to where you want. And I love that expression, the journey of a thousand miles begins with where you stand. That's actually according to one of the commentaries I've read, the, the most more likely correct translation. Often you'll hear it begins with a single step. Well, taking a step is taking an action, but begins with where you stand really speaks to 
the intention. Where do you stand? What do you intend to do with your life? So that you can take that first step. Because if you just take a step, well, how do you not know you might be stepping off a cliff? How do you not know you might be stepping off a curb into moving traffic? You need to have the intention and the attention to where you're going. This really connects for me with my personal philosophy or mission that when you freely love who you are, you can freely create the life you want. Having said all of what I've said so far, does that seem to resonate with you? When you freely love who you are, so that's about acceptance. Self-acceptance. And if you don't have that, it's very hard to connect authentically with other people. And when you can freely create the life you want, your impact, and that's a core value for me, your impact may just be on the changes you make on your life, but you may be able to have an impact if that is important to you on the world greater than you on, on your, on, in the sense of if you want to make the world a better place, whether that just be in your family, in your community, in your province or state, or whether you're on a bigger mission for climate change or whatever the case may be. You see, I have been doing this my entire life. This learning how to fully love and accept myself by recognizing I had suppressed gay shame for a long time. I lived in gay shame, but I didn't realize how much I hadn't fully resolved it. And I spoke about that probably close to a year and a half or two years ago in the episode. And I forget the exact title, but I can put it in the show notes. Can gay men forgive homophobia? And the idea is that you're not blaming the outside world. Yeah, I mean, you could. We can recognize that society has not been kind to difference. But we have to recognize that in our adolescence, in the formation of our intelligence and our brain, we took in the information from the outside world to create patterns of behavior and response based on what we saw. So if we did not see ourselves presented in a way that was loving and connecting with the rest of the world, we would believe or internalize that there was something wrong with us. It's a very universal feeling or experience in growing up in adolescence for so many queer people. But to fully understand what that means, we have to forgive ourselves just for having allowed that to happen, not to self-flagellate and say, you bad person for having believed this, to rather allow that those events in our past to be as they were, because they are past. We cannot change them. Forgiveness is a kind of letting go and an ability to more freely love who we are and create the life we want going forward. And so that's why I feel that as a, as a collective of individuals, 
That is the connection, the oneness of humanity. We're not just one person. When we love and accept ourselves for who we are, we increase mutual understanding and respect for the dignity of others. And that comes from our own self-acceptance. And this creates joy and wonder in the diversity of humanity. And it's from this place of human-heartedness that you can be the meaningful and purposeful change that you want to see in the world. So let's connect. I would love to know, what insights did you take from today's episode and how will you act on it? How will you cultivate more acceptance, connection, and joy in humanity? Feel free to message me in the comments or head on over to my website and send me a direct message. Thanks for listening.